and welcome to Everyday Thriving for Women, a weekly podcast for busy professional women who want to thrive, rise, and lead at work. We're your hosts, Caroline Hopkins. And I'm Maba Tonkambule. We are two career-loving mothers ourselves, and we're passionate about supporting women to be their best. Each week, we chat about what is challenging us or the women that we work with, and we provide practical tools, tips, and techniques to help you cope and thrive. This podcast is sponsored by Zebra Blue Women's Leadership Services and Tsukuru Consulting. We are thrilled that you could join us today. This is episode two of our podcast. And today we're talking about how to find joy in our not very okay times. But before we get there, let's just start off with, you know, a pause, a deep breath, Ah, yes. Thanks for that, Mabatu. Yeah, we need it, right? Yeah, every day I need it. Yeah. So, believe it or not, today's topic was inspired by a Winnie the Pooh meme, where Winnie and Piglet are chatting about how some days are not very okay days. And you know what? That is perfectly fine to have not so okay days. So, of course, the fact is, you know, we're also still in this pandemic We don't know when anything is going to end, right? And so a lot of us are having these many not very okay days. Gosh, I know that really describes me, Mabatu, and it's unusual for me, um, but I have had some, just these kind of weird, listless moods. And you introduced me to a word that, mm. that really captured, I think, what it is I've been feeling. Um, please share that really cool word with our listeners. The word is acidia, right? And I, I stumbled upon it actually just recently. And what it means is a weariness of the soul. And I think when I saw this word, I thought, aha, this is exactly it. This is what I've been feeling, that my soul is weary, but I just didn't have one word to capture it. Because what I knew for sure is on the days when I was not so okay or was feeling down, that I thought, I I don't think I have depression. Um, It's not quite apathy. Yes, I'm a little bit lethargic, You know, I thought of all those words that kind of would speak to what I was feeling in my body, even sort of mentally, but I didn't quite get to a word that really goes deep in. And so when I saw acidia, which apparently is is a very old word, I thought that is it. It is a weariness of the soul. And I think this is what COVID-19 has done to most of us, if not all of us, right? We're all having a major case of acidia. In the last few weeks and months, And even, you know, in those days, like I said, that I've been struggling to really move through the heaviness of what was going on, I knew that this wasn't a normal sadness, that there was just something a little bit more. And so the word acidia captures what I'm feeling. It really captures what I've been sensing and thinking, um, that it really touches, the, the sadness that I've been feeling, it really touches and gets to the core of what I'm going through and I think what this pandemic has done for all of us. So would you say that's what you felt, Caroline, or have you kind of, when you think about your not very okay days, 
or are they something else for you? Yeah, no, I, I think that's why I was so pleased to hear that word because, you know, when we have a word that, that just gives a name to what we haven't been able to name before, Babata, you also have introduced me to this thing, when we can name it, we can tame it. Mm -hmm. And because I had, up until you gave me that word, I'd been saying, gosh, I'm more sad than usual. Is this what depression is? Because I felt listless and and really a lack of joie de vivre. And it, it was very unsettling for me because my normal state is incredibly positive, mm -hmm. incredibly optimistic about the future. I have a lot of energy. I love my work. I love my family. But I had, I, and I think you're right to name it as part of what's happening in this pandemic, is this like kind of inexplicable listlessness and lack of lack of energy, lack of lost sight of purpose. So having this word is really, really helpful. And so I've had to kind of work to harder than I'm used to, to mm. bring joy back to my life because normally comes quite naturally to me. And when you and I were chatting, we realized that some of the ways I've done this is actually following a process, which you know really well. Mm -hmm. um, and so can you tell us more about that process of how you bring can intentionally and consciously bring joy back, even in the middle of acedia. Yeah, and, and that sort of disconnect, right? That's the other thing I didn't talk about. It really is feeling a disconnection in the self. And I think when we try to come back to a place of joy, it's almost as if we're taking fragments of ourselves and trying to put them back together. And it is actually doable. It's quite possible. So... What I want us to go through in this time together is a process called appreciative living. And what appreciative living is, firstly, let me let me give credit where it's due. It is the work of author Jacqueline Kelm. And I was introduced, I was trying to think about how did I hear about, I think it was a colleague of mine who told me about Jackie's work um, many years ago. And I, you know, I got her book, I got in touch with Jacqueline herself, and I said, I love what you're doing. And I want to bring some of this into the country. How can I do this? And she's got a whole program, and, and we can talk about it later. People are interested in actually being part of this work that she does, that you can run circles, appreciative living circles in your workplace, your community, and so on. But what appreciative living is, is really um, sort of, I'll call it a spin-off of appreciative inquiry. And appreciative inquiry itself is really a change model, very often used in uh, settings of organizational development and change. And so what Jackie has done really beautifully and simplified, which is why I love this model, because it is so simple, is that she's taken it into the realm of personal change and development. There are basically three steps to it. And uh, I know that, like you said, in one of the conversations we had, when you were sharing with me how you've managed to pull yourself through a particularly difficult situation for you, I kind of said, actually, what you've done is you've lived the appreciative um, um, inquiry model, or at least appreciative living model, as it were. So what I want us to do is basically take your scenario, go through each of these steps, you know, so what you're going to share with, with our listeners is really uh, a modeling, if you like. So I will kind of give a little bit of what each step is and then have you talk us through what you did in your specific example. Are you comfortable with that? Sounds great. Okay. I am ready. Great, because I think this speaks to just, you know, moving be beyond theory to saying here is actual practice. Yeah. Here's what we actually can do. 
So, first thing I, I want to say also about um, appreciative inquiry is that it moves from a premise that says our words create our worlds. Basically, what that means is how we think and how we frame the experiences we have is actually what creates our reality. So the model that Jacqueline came up with is what she calls the AIA model, which stands for appreciating, imagining, acting. Appreciating, imagining, acting. And it really just guides us on how we can reframe our experiences and therefore stay grounded and live from a place of joy. The first A is about appreciating what is. So even through the most trying of circumstances, the question becomes, what is it in what is going on that you can pull out as some good? Something that, I know it sounds crazy, right? Um, but if you really focus and if you really think about your situation, your experience from a different perspective or angle, there's always the opportunity to find something good in it. So share your story, please, Caroline, because I'd love for you to really talk about, of course, what's been happening, but how you actually then reframed what was happening to you to actually find the good in it. Okay, so I'm going to give a little our listeners a little background into me and my family. Um, so as you know, if you listen to the first uh, episode, then I am uh, from the United States, though we're here in Johannesburg. And I have uh, what I like to consider a modern family situation. So my second child, who's 17, she's the one who did our cover art. She is here with me. She goes to school here, and my work is here. My son, our son, is in the United States in university. And my husband, here's where it gets unusual. Mm -hmm. My husband, who is still my husband, um, <laughs> happily married, is in Boston, because that's where his work is, in the United States. So we are a... We are a geographically diverse family, which actually in normal times works pretty well because the nature of my husband's work is he can come for long stretches of time and he's part of his work is here. My son, he can come for his, for his holidays from university. So up until the pandemic hit, we saw each other and then our times together were very, very special. Um, so it really, it worked. I know it's unusual, but it worked. And then COVID decided to visit the earth. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we cannot see each other. We cannot come together in the way that we really love to and um, thrive on. So that's not a nice situation. It's been yeah. really, really, really difficult. So Mabatu, when you asked me, okay, Caroline, so that's, I can understand why that is hard and difficult, but is there anything in that, if you had to look at it, that you could appreciate it about it or what's right about it? And I'll tell you, I had to dig deep for that. Mm -hmm. um, it is not an easy switch to make that reframe switch. But I realized what it really highlighted is to how much our family loves to come together. And that's not true of every family, that we really enjoy spending time together, um, doing things together. And so it highlighted how much we love that as a family and to be appreciating that that's, that that's true of our family. Mm. So I think that's the reframe I could make is yeah. to be grateful for that. And I think that is important, right? That shift in your mind that kind of said, and, and here's what struck me when you first told me the story was that you said, my family's been split in two, right? Mm -hmm. 
um, because you can't travel as per normal and, you know, whether back and forth between the USA and here. And I think it's it's your choice of words that really hit a, a you know, a hit a chord with me, the idea that it felt like something had been shattered, something had been broken. But what I'm hearing you say is kind of looking at the fact that this has been an indication of how much you enjoy each other, how much you enjoy being being with one another. So you've basically then reframed the situation in a sense that says, well, we still have each other. We're not in the same physical space, right? But we still have each other. And I know from previous conversations, everybody's healthy. You still get to talk to one another. But here's the reality. As much as you have now looked at your situation with an appreciative lens, externally nothing's changed. Right? Right. So you still... It didn't magically fix it. They couldn't magically get nothing's on a plane. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's magically fixed this. But there's a, a level of consciousness that you had to adopt to going, I get it. I get that I can't change the regulations around lockdown, you know, whether here in South Africa or in the U.S., the situation is this, and that's what appreciating um, as is really talks about. It's it's being realistic. No, no rose-colored glasses here, you know. But really saying, is it as bad as what I'm thinking, or is it a different perspective? And in your case, I think the perspective was, we still are, you know, we're still a family. We still love being with with one another as much as we don't know what's going on. But now you had to move on to the next step, right? So remember I said the model is appreciating. The next step is imagining. And then the last one will be um, acting upon what you want to change. So imagining really speaks about imagining the ideal within the confines of what really is the situation. So it really talks about getting clarity on what you want. And I think for me, a key part of this step is being mindful of where your focus is. So in your case, and of course, in the context of not being able to physically be with your family, did you then actually figure out what you wanted? Because, you know, we're still in lockdown, essentially. Did that, did that kind of, you know, spark something, some level of creativity to go, okay, we're still separated but we could imagine something different. What was that clarity for you? Yeah, I think the, the clarity was how do we, was, the, the, was how do we stay connected mm -hmm. even when we cannot travel across oceans and be with each other yeah. together? How do, we, how do we stay connected? How do we still do things together that we love to do together that keep us bonded, that keep us laughing? Um, so I think that's the clarity. Okay, so the situation is we can't do it the way we have been doing it, know how to do it really well, but how but it's really important and how do we figure it out yeah yeah and and it sounds like such a subtle shift but it's really significant so going back to the word that i picked up when you first described this to me was my family's been split in two right quince and i are here in south africa um you know bill and alex are away over there in the u.s it's kind of, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit dramatic, but I kind of had a, this image of something being cut in half. It's, it really sounded raw and quite painful, right? I really felt for you, and I still do. But the clarity that you really came to was, hang on, the focus here is not on the split. It's not on the separation. What I want to carry on with that we, we always do is to connect. Change of word, right? Our words create our worlds. 
So you said connection is really what I'm seeking rather than separation. Um, I guess it would have been easy also to say, I don't want to be separated from my family, right? That's another way of saying connected, but the focus still stays with the word separated. So you are very intentional in saying, I want to stay connected. And so you imagine the ideal within the confines of what you had, right? So it really was saying, how can we be creative to stay connected? So you appreciated the situation for what it was. You imagine the ideal, which is staying connected to your family. But all of that means nothing unless you do something about it, right? So the third step in the AIA model is acting in alignment with what it is you are really envisioning or what it is you would like to see as a possibility for you. So what was that action for you? Yeah. So, and before well, before I tell you about the action we took, you know, a, a penny I think just dropped for me, Mabatu, it's, it's really that middle step almost is like taking your focus off of what you don't want yes. and putting it on what I do want. And then possibility opens up exactly. when I say, okay, this is what I want. And so then I can go into a different part of my brain and look for possibility. So what we did was, and I was trying to, I was actually messaging with my husband back and forth, like, how did this actually start? So our family loves games. It's one of the, we love board games, we love uh, Pictionary, um, all those kinds of games, and it's one of the things the four of us have, have um, done together. So we thought, and I can't remember, that's what I was trying to get clear on with my husband, like whose idea was it? And he couldn't remember, I can't remember, but one of us had the idea, or maybe it was my son that had the idea of playing uh, games virtually. Mm -hmm. And um, so we started playing different kinds of, there, there's this one platform, and then we discovered this platform called Board Games Arena, which has loads and loads of board games, act that mostly you play with physical things, but they've converted them all to be able to play virtually. So we, every single Sunday, without fail, and none of us ever, hardly ever try to, ever want to get out of it, um, at 4 p.m. for us here in South Africa, and different times for my husband and son, we all jump on Zoom, and we play games for an hour, hour, hour plus, and it's, it's fun, we're learning lots of new games, it's, for me, it's absolutely one of the times in my week I look forward to the most. It's just a, a ritual I can count on. It's a time where we all can connect with each other. And um, so we, we that, that's one of our rituals that we do together. And then we also, which you I hadn't shared with you, but there's also um, Airbnb experiences because mm -hmm. we love to travel. That's a big thing we did as a family is traveling. And um, of course, Airbnb during this time, people who had houses couldn't uh, host people. Mm -hmm. So they, some of them started experiences. And we got one for a friend of mine, actually, which was having a, a Vietnamese guy in Vietnam teaching us how to make coffee. So we're, again, we're all jumping I on a Zoom that. and having some of these experiences experiences um, that we love to do in person and just finding a workaround virtual. And then the other thing which I remembered when I was thinking about this was I, because we, not only do we love to play games, but we really do go on these most amazing trips and particularly since um, we've moved to South Africa, 
is you know all over the continent and so I asked my husband if he would put together he's good at this stuff put together a slideshow mm -hmm. and because this year we can't go on a trip he we kind of have a, had a walk down memory lane of all our trips over these 10 years we've lived here 10 years um, of just remembering the amazing places we've been as a family I mean I'm smiling just listening to you just you know sort of bring us into the story how you went from were separated, right, mm -hmm. to were connected. So the stuff that we love doing, we've just found a way to translate it to a different platform. So the games carry on. I was kind of chuckling internally, though, when, when you're talking about board games, because I know you hate Monopoly. <laughs> I do. That's a capitalistic, <laughs> terrible, brings yeah, down the worst in people. Time, right? but, but yeah, don't take me I, down I, that road, I, my body. I to you play Monopoly as well. But, but I love the fact that Again, and I'm going to keep using the word, it's, it is about being creative, mm -hmm. right? You created a different possibility out of what is clearly still not an ideal situation. The ideal would be for all of you to be geographically in, in the same space, but you've moved through this. Um, I said to you earlier, again, if you think about it, nothing has changed outside of yourself, right? The fact is we still have regulations in place. Nobody has any clue, if we're honest, that, you know, when this thing is going to end. We don't know when this virus is going to disappear, if it will ever disappear. Um, but you found a way to really move and navigate yourself and your family through what is obviously a very difficult time, um, not only for yourselves, but I think for, for people all over the world. So... Beautiful demonstration, Caroline. I think it is appreciating what is. What do I control? What is it that is not within my control that I can't do anything about? Therefore, knowing what is and appreciating it for what it is, how can I use my own thinking, my own imagination, in other words, to really create that which I do want? Here you have a choice. What do you focus on? Do you focus on the separation? Or do you focus on the picture which you desire, which in your case is connection? And that's exactly what you managed to do quite beautifully. And then the last step, as we said, action is critical because I can sit and change my thoughts, but unless I act in alignment with that which I want, then actually nothing changes, right? So you came up with a plan, let's play board games. And I love the idea when you looked at travel, we can't go on our normal holiday or you know one of our trips that we take but hang on, memory is such a powerful um, weapon in itself, if you like. I'm borrowing from a book that I read, Memory is a Weapon. But in this case, memory has been a joy because you could put together a slideshow that says, well, let's think, let's rekindle and revive all those memories of places we have been. Because that for me, I think, is also kind of saying, you know, there will, this is my hope anyway, we will one day speak of a post-COVID-19 time and then you can take the physical trip but you've kind of just gone back and reflected and kind of just looked at this as a family and said you know look at the great places we have been and there's still more to come so I think the appreciating imagining acting model has really worked for you and I know at the time you didn't think that's that actually that that's what you were doing but I think your your case your your story your your scenario is a beautiful example of how the process works. What is your understanding? Though? Why do you think it does work? I think it works because 
when we it's really asking our brain to look a different place and when we're stuck in the problem of what we don't want it's almost like an endless loop cycle mm. we're separated this is so terrible the, when will we ever see each other again and there is no access to creativity or possibility when we're in that stuck cycle in our brains yeah and so i think it is that shift how that first step is when I can look at what I appreciate. It's almost like if we were doing brain imagery scans, mm. that I'm wondering if like a different part of our brain actually gets activated, mm. which then opens up the parts of our brain which are creative, which are can reaccess hope and optimism. And I don't know because I'm not a neuroscience expert, but but I do wonder if you know as we change our thoughts. But what we do know is our thoughts. Uh, trigger certain chemicals in our brain. So stress is, is cortisol surging through us or, but if that switch in our thoughts helps dopamine kick in mm. um, or oxytocin kick in. So, and as I said, I'm not a neuroscientist, but I'm, I'm imagining there's a, a chemical element to this process too mm -hmm. that really opens up a different part of our brain. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Do you know what I'm, I, and I, I fully agree because I can even just, I'm thinking even as an observer, the first time kind of listening to the story, I think even your, your demeanor and your tone, you know, kind of went, oh gosh, this is such a terrible situation. But once you started talking about how things have changed, things that you can control, there's a, a certain, you know, it's almost as if the tempo went up, right? Your, your body just seems that much more relaxed. You seem that much more alive and, and kind of, you know, um, really still feeling connected to your family, that there is a joy that's come out of all of this for you, regardless of the fact that, you know, it still isn't 100% where you want to be. But here's the thing I, I really think we, we need to, to highlight because it is important. What we've done here, I mean, you've taken us through this in a matter of minutes, this can take days or weeks, right? Depending on what somebody's really trying to reframe, uh, to appreciate, to reimagine, and of course to act upon. So I, I think it's it's critical that we refer people to you know a tool. And for me, we've we just touched on the model in her book, The Joy of Appreciate, uh, Appreciative Living. Jackie really talks to the theory, the background, and the science behind this model. So it's not sort of something that she just thought up. There's a lot of um, you know, research that has been done into why this actually works. So I'd, I'd really love, so if anybody wants to know more, wants to dig uh, a lot deeper than what we've been able to do here, get the book, The Joy of Appreciative Living. Um, this is where I first learned about the AIA model. I've applied it certainly in my own life and I have seen a difference but it, it is work. Let me let me warn our listeners of that. You said it in the beginning. Even to get to the point of appreciating what is, you you literally had to <gasps> really dig, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and very deeply so to accept, I guess, what is. And then from there to move through to what could it be if it's not the thing that I, I most want. So it takes a lot of work. I'm not going to lie about that. It takes a lot of commitment. And I think we will refer people to our show notes, right? Just to have a look where they can find Jackie's website um, and perhaps also how to access the book if people really want to to do this and, and work through it as it, it can be a daily practice, right? Different situations, different scenarios, 
But I will tell you this, it is an incredibly powerful tool. Do not be fooled by its simplicity. It really does work. So, so two, <laughs> done. What's coming up next in the next one? All right. Yes, thank you so much, Mabatu, for taking us through that, that model. And as Mabatu said, you can find a link um, to, we'll put a link to the book and a link to Jackie's website in the show notes. Um, we'll also, you can also have, you'll find ways to get in touch with us mm -hmm. there um, but to just in case you don't feel like going there right away I want us to give our how people can get in contact with us so Mabatu how can people reach you sure um, one great way is to look up my, my website it is tsukuduconsulting.co.za they can reach me via email as well, mabatu at sukuduconsulting.co.za. Um, I'm not going to lie, I don't know my Facebook handle, it's called a handle, <laughs> but I'm on, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find on any of, of those uh, platforms. And part of my courage, of course, is um, trying to get into other platforms that I would not ordinarily have used. So one day you'll be hearing me go, Oh, my Instagram is this. Not yet, but we're getting there, right? But for now, that's with the, the old traditional ways, I think, are our best for now. Yeah, great. And Mabatu, do you want to spell Tsukudu for sure. folks? Tsukudu is T-S-H-U-K-U-D-U. T-S-H-U-K-U-D-U. Tsukudu, by the way, and I'll tell you the story one day, is a rhinoceros, but it also was my mother's name. <laughs> Okay. More about that in a different I did not episode. know that. That's fantastic. And so um, to get a hold of me, you can uh, drop me an email at caroline at zebrablue.co.za. You could also go to the website of my company that um, I am on the team of is www.zebrablue.co.za. So coming up, our next episode, please tune in with us. It is Could Your Self-Care Strategy Really be a self-sabotaging strategy. Mabatu and I are going to unpack what that means and what, what we've been discovering in our own lives around that. And as we promised in our first episode, we want to close you out with something special. It is not a poem, this episode. It is a joke because we're talking about appreciative uh, living and bringing joy back in even not okay times. I personally love to laugh and I love a good joke. I can't really remember too many at one time, so I'm going to start off with oldie but goodie that many of you probably know, but hopefully you'll get another chuckle, chuckle out of it. And it's actually a riddle, Mabatu. So okay. why is six afraid of seven? Oh, I know this one. Because... Seven, eight, nine. Seven, eight, nine. Oh, I have two kids, remember? So seven, so this eight, is a nine. Good one I love for it. kids. If you don't know that one, that's a great one if you have kids. And the second one is also a number one. Okay. Okay. Mabatu, what did zero say to eight? Ooh, okay. This one I do not know. Okay. I'm trying to very quickly think of what does zero say to eight? I don't know. It takes. Seven steps, eight. I don't know. Get okay, my I'm going to take you right out of your misery. What zero said to eight is nice belt. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I love that. So with that, dear listeners, we hope you get a chuckle, tell people jokes in your life, laugh more. We will um, see you again next week. Yes, I'm looking forward to third episode. Okay, love third it. Episode. That's been fun. This has All been right. such fun. Thank you, everyone.